0: Have you ever had that one person that uh that if you said that that one person, Lord, if you would just kind of kind of pick them up and maybe you know put them in another place or or maybe maybe relocate them, maybe their job needs to have a transfer or or something like that maybe they're some of you you young people in here it's your somebody at school, and uh, you're like man if if they would just redo the school districts and they would just you know just buy you know just go away and you ever had any anybody like that i mean i know we're in church but we can we've had people like that and uh i've got a picture of who that person is for me and uh i don't know if y'all y'all can tell who that is i i mean i can't make money fast enough that she can't spend it i get text messages you know just saying man you better you got some unusual spending going on and crazy stuff like that But uh, no, I'm just playing. My wife is amazing. She, man, if y'all only knew what I have put my wife through. And uh, I think you can kind of tell by me even speaking up here that I I put her through a lot, even just up here. But uh, I do have the picture of the person who has always been that thorn in my flesh. That person that I God, if you can just take care of that person, take a look at, you know who that guy is. That's me. It's always been me. It's all I've been my biggest enemy. I like what T.D. Jake said. He said, the enemy is enemy. And, uh, you know, I, I believe that that if we were honest, it really doesn't matter who we're around. It doesn't really, I mean, it does, but I'm saying, if you just take care of yourself, you'll be fine. That, that's, that's just how it goes. I found that, that I am my, my worst enemy. I've got a couple of passages of scripture I want to read here. This is a Romans chapter 7, it's a, it's a little bit of a, a length to it, so just bear with me. It says, I can anticipate the response that is coming. I know that all God's commands are spiritual, but I'm not. Isn't this also your experience? Yes, I'm full of myself. After all, I've spent a long time in sin's prison. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another. How many y'all ever done that before? You decide, God, I I want to live for you. I want to give my heart to you, and then you do something totally different. It says, I I I, I uh, Let me get back to the scripture. Um. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another, doing things I absolutely despise. So if I can't be trusted to figure out what is best for myself and then do it. It becomes obvious that God's command is necessary, but I need something more. For if I know the law but still can't keep it, and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do and this is Paul speaking. This isn't some, somebody on the street. This is Paul speaking. He says, but I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad. But then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. How many of y'all have kind of thought sometimes, like, God, did you, am I programmed wrong? It's something, there's something deep, I mean, you know, inside of me that seems like it keeps messing me up. He says, it happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. Parts of me covertly rebel, and just when I least expect it, they take charge. I've tried everything, and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind but am pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. Now I want to read Ephesians 6 and 12. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And uh, I I believe if we could see in the spirit, you know, there's different things. It says here that we're not wrestling against people. We're wrestling against spirits, against wickedness in high places. Now, can spirits influence people? Absolutely. And uh, this isn't some kind of sci-fi thing, but, but I, the Bible says that they, they label Jesus Beelzebub, which means Lord of the Flies. So if you could see in the spirit, some demons would look like flies. A, another verse says, Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So some demons look like snakes and scorpions. And, and what's crazy here is these pigs, you, you'll see, they, they notice the snake. They notice a the python. But it's like they're oblivious to it. They, they don't do anything about it. It's, it's like they're right there eating. And then all of a sudden, you know, we, we all know what's about to happen, don't we? He's about to get wrapped up. And, and I believe that's what the enemy tries to do with us. See. See, it's our flesh, and then these spirits come along, and they influence. Just like with Eve in the garden, the enemy came to her and said, you know, I, I know God said this, but do you realize this fruit, God's trying to withhold something from you. He's trying to keep something away from you. And, and, and she began to look at it, and you know what her flesh said? Her flesh said, you know what, it does look good to eat. It does look like it, it would help me out. And that's exactly how the enemy works. He begins to, to give us ideas and, and, and begins to take over our thought patterns. And if we give in to it, what happens is then he attacks, and he, he's got power over us. The, uh, the Bible says, he cometh, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I want to make something clear here. The enemy, the only time he ever comes is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Whenever he comes, he doesn't tell you that. He doesn't ever say, hey let me tell you something the reason i'm coming is to steal to kill and to destroy he, he just comes he shows up disguised he shows up as something else he shows up with teenagers a, as a guy who 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 you think is all you ever need in life and and he begins to entangle you he begins to get you off course and that's what happens every time can i take a drink of water real quick is that okay i remember i used to make fun of preachers I, they cannot go without drinking water for 30 minutes Man, I, I got to a church one time in Willacoochie, Georgia, and my, my lips were stuck together. And if somebody wouldn't have had that water, I would have been messed up. So what I also believe, though, is that, that we all have weaknesses. How many of y'all got a weakness? Anybody got a weakness? Am I the only one? that? that okay. What, what I found is that in our weakness, we have the opportunity to either draw closer to God or, or push him away. I believe the enemy wants, wants you to be pushed away. See, there's, there's certain times in my life where I've, I, I've, I see that weakness coming up, and I have the chance to either seek God with everything I've got or say, I, I just can't do it. Some of you, you, you give in too easily. You say, man, I just can't do this. And you slip right back into some old patterns in our weakness so we have the opportunity to draw closer. I believe... We were made for more. See, what I found is that what the enemy tries to do, he tries to get your flesh, he tries to get your flesh to rule over you. But what needs to happen is your spirit man needs to rule over your soul and over your flesh. If you got that in line, you will be successful. If you don't, you will be miserable. If your flesh controls your thought patterns, if your flesh controls everything about you, you're going to be jacked up. No other way to say it. You're, you're going to have a miserable life. There's, there's there's nothing you can do as long as your flesh is in control. Don't take lightly what I've, I've come here to tell you today. For I, I believe that there's there's certain people in here. There's certain somebodies that that you need you need deliverance in certain areas. You need something to happen. You need God to set you completely free. See, the Bible says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He could, he didn't just come so that you could you could barely get by. He says that he came to give you life. And to give it to you more abundantly well i have got this uh this rug here and this broom, and you know what we try to do a lot of times it, we just kind of man, we got this right here, and we're like. kind of my my son is is right here on the second row, and uh we always go to his room, and there's sometimes we can look under his bed, and I mean. I'm like why is there pizza? Why is there just stuff? I mean stuff crazy stuff. It's like what were you I mean we tell him to clean his room and it's like and we like we go in there if we don't inspect. Sometimes you got to inspect what you expect. You know what I'm saying? You you got to go in there and and, and you got to do a thorough cleaning. And uh, but that's how our Christian lives are sometimes. Sometimes we say, "God, I I'm, I'm I'm a pretty good person. I come to church. I serve on the praise team. I I do this and that. But I've got this other stuff in and we, we just won't worry about that. We'll just kind of sweep that under the rug and act like it doesn't exist. But what I found is that never works. It's always still there. It's always just, just, just under the surface. And there, there might be people that they might not know about it. God knows about it. You know about it. And you're miserable. See, there, th- what I found is that whenever something is in the dark, it likes to stay in the dark. But whenever I bring it out to the light, the darkness, it has to go. It has to flee. What i found is that there are certain, certain things that if we don't deal with them, they will destroy us. I want to uh, I show this, this Facebook post. This is a uh, young man from Brunswick, and I want to read this. He, he says he's feeling happy. This is back in August of this past summer. He says, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. In your name, Amen. Did you pray this prayer? So this is at ten forty three, and then take a look at this next next photograph. Same same guy, and uh, got a you know a couple of Coronas, and you say, well, big deal, you know, it's okay to drink you're a little toddy for the body, and 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 every, everything's cool, you know. Jesus turned the water into wine, and. You know, you, we come up with all kinds of excuses and things like that. Am I saying you can't drink? Not saying that. But the Bible says in Proverbs 23, don't let the sparkle and smooth taste of wine deceive you. For in the end, it bites like a serpent and it stings like an adder. I, I don't know about you, but whenever it says that something deceives me, I don't even want to be around a person who is deceptive. That's just me. So I, I'm not going to mess around with it. I'll, I'll never forget one time I had been saved a few weeks or a month or something. And uh, I used to drink pretty bad. And I was like, you know something, I'm just going to grab me a little drink. And, and you know, in the convenience stores, they have all of the, the alcoholic beverages usually grouped together. It's not like they've got Sprite, Bud Light, you know. It's all in one cooler. So I'm sitting there, and I was probably biting my nails because I bite my nails. And I was like, man, I sure would. Uh, it, it'd be okay. And about that time, some elderly saint said, hey, Brother Richard. and, uh, And I'm like. You know, I, I, I did, did a little step to the right, and, uh, and, and, and I'm thankful that she was there. Who knows if God didn't send that lady by divine appointment to, to call me out. and uh, there, but so, so that's why I'm saying these, th- this guy, you know what happened two hours later? Two hours later, he shot and killed his wife. He shot at his six-year-old daughter, and then he shot and killed himself. So he goes from saying, God, I, I love you and all of this, to to this and into this. What i found in my life, if I leave things unchecked, they don't get better. They only get worse. You say, well, I I could never do something like that. You don't know what you're capable of. You don't know what if if you allow it to go under the surface. You think about like disease. You think about cancer. What if you had cancer in your life and it was just below the surface and everything looks good, but underneath the surface, if you don't deal with it, it's going to kill you. Same thing spiritually. If you've got some things in your life and and nobody knows about it or, 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 or whatever, you better deal with it. You better bring it out to the open. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 20-22, through 22, this is, and this is talking about people who are saved. It says, if they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled, everybody say entangled. They're entangled in it and overcome. They are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit and a sow that is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. What happens is anyone wants to get you back entangled in some things that God has set you free from. Jesus said, I came to set you free. I came to give you life. I came to give you all of this. But what the enemy always does, he, he paints a different picture. He says, you know, it, it really wasn't that bad. It's okay. Don't, don't I mean, everybody else, it's, it's fine. And uh, I want to, uh, to talk to the ladies for just, can I talk to the ladies for just a minute? And, man, it's, and then I'll get to the guys. I'll get to the guys. So, so, so ladies say, he'll get to the guys. Okay, I'll get to the guys. So what, what I found with ladies, as a general rule of thumb, not gospel is if what the enemy is going to use he's going to use your mouthpiece he's going to use your mouth as a stronghold in your life he's going to use it to have a a, a, a bitter spirit of a, a murmuring a, a complaining uh all of these different things i i, I said in the first service uh, pastor you know brother sean can i he can cuss me out and then the next day if he says man i was having a bad day can you forgive me i said Phew. I'd probably already forgot about it anyway, but women, y'all can remember stuff ten years ago where somebody hurt y'all or done something crazy, where homegirl done wore your outfit that you were wearing that day, something, and I mean you don't let it you don't let it go. Now to the, the guys, guys say what's up. All right, man, y'all got some deep voices. The guy, I think it's pretty obvious, it, the guys, it's going to be the women. You know, I, for the most part, not all the time. It's, it's usually going to be some, some type of sexual sin. It's going to be something that they get entangled with. And uh, what I found is that God is not going to get rid of all the pretty girls and shut down the Internet so you guys can stay saved. It's just, I, I found that out in my 40 plus years of living. There, there's some things that, that they just ain't going to happen. You got to deal with it. I believe that your weakness, so is supposed to drive you into the presence of God. It's not so, it, what, The enemy meant it for evil. He's trying to destroy you. He's trying to kill you. But God says, I know you struggle with this. I know you've got some issues in your life, men and women. But this, this is for you. I, I, want you to, I want you to go deeper. I want you to, to, to pursue after me a little bit more. And I believe there's, there's, there's one other story I want to talk about. This is a picture of Justin Harris and his son Cooper. This man right here, what he did... He, uh, sad, he lived up in, uh, around Atlanta, left his son in the car. His son died. He left him there for hours while he went to work at Home Depot. What's interesting about this, Justin Harris, and they're, they're still doing the trial up in Brunswick. The trial got moved to, to Brunswick from Atlanta. Well, he, uh, he was in church. He was in a life group. He served at church, still did this. And, he, you know, he's trying to say, well, I, I forgot he was back there. Is it possible? Yeah, but if you're searching for how to kill your son in a car on your, your computer, I, yeah, I just don't think, I think it's more than coincidence. He, uh, they found out he had been, send, he'd been sexting 14-year-old girls. He had been doing this and that. And you say, wow, man, how did that happen? It started way back here with some small choices. He let his guard down. He let some things creep back into his life. See, I don't believe that these people ever started off their life and said, this is how I want it to end up. I don't believe this was his game plan for his life. I believe that there's some of you guys in here that you, you say, man, that can never happen to me. Man, you don't know. Why take the chance? The Bible says to make your calling and election shorter. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Don't just say, well, well no, I, I committed my life years ago. Let me tell you a scripture. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who do the will of the Father. Are you doing the will of the Father? Are you passionately pursuing after God? Are you allowing things to creep back into your life and say, oh, I, it, it's nothing. You know, I, I don't know what the pigs were thinking. I don't. What's like, the snake is right there. Why don't you run? The Bible says to flee youthful lust, flee sexual immorality. What do you do? You know, are you sending texts to the opposite sex or same sex, whatever, that, that you just kind of, are you flirting? Man, I, you won't catch me flirting with some other one. I'm not going to just kind of make some casual comments and say, hey, girl, it just ain't going to happen. You, you can't play around with this. The enemy is after your breath. He wants to suck the very life out of you. The... Uh, I've I've got some some steps here. I want to talk with you guys about what is holding you back. what What is the one thing? What is the what are the the things that they're strongholds in your life? The things that you keep going back to after the God has set you free. And I, I just wrote down some things. I believe we need to do. We need to change our thinking. See, the Bible says, "Whatever man thinketh in his heart, so is he." What What are you thinking about? What are you meditating on? What do you watch on TV? You can't watch trash and expect for godly actions to come out the bible says in philippians 4 8 whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think on those things don't don't just allow your mind just to wonder you got the bible says to take captive every thought under the subjection of christ whenever something comes in I, we all have bad thoughts what do you do with them are you taking them captive are you reining them in Because every every action first was a thought. Take charge of your thoughts. You've got to know the word. You've got to, it says man doesn't live by bread alone, but on every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It says heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. His word is is the bread of life. You've got to have the word of God on the inside of you. You've got to change the way that you even talk. Even if you have to catch yourself in mid-sentence, if you have to, a lot of times we speak so negatively over ourselves, And we say, man, this is just who I am. My dad was an alcoholic. And, and, and we, we repeat the cycle. Change the way that you speak. You've got to change your friends. So, some of y'all, you've got some friendships that, that you don't want to be mean. And you just want to say, ah, I, just, I don't want to hurt their feelings. You need to separate yourself. See, I, I I believe what happens is is we're kind of like this: we got one foot in the world and one foot in the church, and we're trying to do the hokey pokey. And and you know we sometimes we forget where we're at, and we wear a different mask, and we do different stuff. I'm telling you, you got to separate yourself. The Bible says to come out from among them, be ye separate. It says to be holy as He is holy. It says to pursue holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See, I I just don't believe you can say a prayer. And then go out and live any which kind of way. I just, I don't believe that. You gotta be holy. You gotta be set apart. You gotta be different. It says you'll know him by the fruit. I shouldn't have to ask you if you're a Christian. I should be able to look at the fruit that you're bearing to be able to see what you truly believe. It's just how it is. Accountability. Do you have people in your life that you can be transparent with? Do you have somebody that can ask you tough questions? Do you have somebody that can say, hey, like that woman at the, whenever I was right in front of the little beer cabinet, and uh, you know. Do you have somebody say, hey, how are you doing? Is everything okay? I saw you kind of talking with that girl over there. Is, does your wife know about that conversation? Hey, are, are you looking at stuff on the internet that you shouldn't be looking at? Or is everything okay? Because what the enemy wants, if if nothing else, he wants to render you ineffective as a Christian. He, w- he doesn't want you to have any power. See, there's something about the anointing that, that you, if you allow things into your life, they will crush the anointing. They'll mess it up. You won't, you won't be able to do much for God. You'll be very limited. You'll be ineffective as a Christian. And, uh, man, whenever I said this in the first service, this the next one right here, the first service got up and shouted. Y'all ready for it? Here it comes. Here it comes. You ready? Fasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. Fasting is one of the most powerful things you can ever get a hold of. It's amazing. It, it will give you a sensitivity to the things of God that, I'll be honest, I can't get any other way. I'm just dull. I'm I, But whenever I begin to fast and whenever I begin to pray, I begin to see things differently. God begins to, the Bible says that bands of wickedness begin to break off of your life whenever you fast and whenever you pray. I I was thinking about Jesus, you know, it says that that we're getting ready to do a baptism service in the next few weeks. And after Jesus was baptized, we we talk around uh, at the harbor here, we talk about next steps, you know, and and what's your next step, what do you need to be doing? Well, after Jesus was baptized, you know what his next step was? Go to the wilderness, fast and pray for 40 days. I, I can't imagine giving somebody a card and saying, you see these woods back here? Go hang out there for 40 days and 40 nights where the enemy's going to tempt you for that long. I, I mean, they would think we were crazy. So you can come out during church, but other than that, get right back in the wilderness. Get right back in that, the woods behind the church. But you know what happened after he came out? It says he returned in the power of the Spirit. There was something different about him. There was an anointing, and then miracles started flowing. I believe if you'll begin to fast and pray, I believe there will be an anointing that will come on your life that it, it will be undeniable. It, it, you, you won't be able to just to say, well, uh, you'll be different. Jesus was different after he had fasted and prayed for, I'm not saying to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. I believe you can. I, I told the first service that people in America aren't dying from under-eating. They're dying from overeating. We, You know, that's, that's just how it is. There's, so, so don't think that you can't do it. If, I mean, if you've got some health issues going on, hey, I understand. But for the most part, Try it out. Do a day. Do two days. Do three days. Do a week. Do whatever you, know, you, you feel led to do. There is a price to pay for the power of God. We see, we want power. We want to be able to lay hands on the sick and they recover, but there's a price for it. Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to pay the price for your family? Are you willing to pay the price for this church? Are you willing to pay the price for those people that you work with who are dying and going to hell? Are you willing? There's, there's a price to pay for. you got to fast. Last thing here is uh, Holy Spirit baptism. Man, this will be one of the biggest things you can get a hold of right here. You need to be baptized in the Spirit of God. You say, well, I, I got baptized, and uh, you need the, the baptism of the Spirit. Do you need the baptism of the Spirit to go to heaven? You need the baptism of the Spirit to go to Walmart. You... you <laughs> At least in Brunswick. I don't think I've ever been to the Walmart here in, in Kingsland. But I'm telling you, you, go to the Walmart in Brunswick, you better be filled with the Spirit. Because it's crazy stuff, crazy people. So, so I, I want to say, it, it's not a have to. You don't have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to go to heaven. Absolutely not. You get to. The Bible says that this is a gift. You need it. If, if God has a gift for you and you just say, well, do I have to have it? It's a gift. It's something that he gives to you to empower you. Jesus, one of the last things that he said, they, they were pestering and saying, God, when is the kingdom going to be restored to Israel? And you know what he says? He says, don't worry about those days. He says, the Father sets those times, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, to the othermost parts of the earth. They, there was something about it that empowered them to a greater level to witness, than not having it. You know, the last thing that he said was go and wait in Jerusalem until it comes. Wait. It was that important. It was that important that they wait for it. They waited for 10 days before the day of Pentecost came. I, I don't know about you, but I can't imagine being, uh, we got air conditioning. We got, it feels good in here, but I still can't imagine hanging out with all you guys and girls for 10 days Waiting on something. I believe there was people, I don't know how many, it, it, you know, it ended up being about 120. But I believe there was a lot more that started off in there. I believe that, that it kind of dwindled down. How many of y'all know that whenever you have like a prayer meeting and stuff like that, you know, it, it gradually kind of dwindles down. But those who stayed, they got something. I'm here to tell you there's, there's something more. There's a deeper level of God. If, you, if you're not baptized in the spirit, that is available. It's 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 available. Paul, he was on he was in Ephesus, and uh, he he asked the uh, these believers. It says they were believers. Specifically says they were believers. He says, "Have you received the baptism in the Spirit?" And he, they said, "What are you, what are you talking about? We we don't even know. They didn't even know there was a Spirit, much less the Holy Spirit." And uh, they said, "We received John's baptism." And Paul began to explain to them, "Well, well, John's baptism was for repentance." It was baptism by water to, to show the remission of sins. But he said, there there's a deeper level in God. He said, you're saved. You're fine. If you don't want it, you don't have to get it. It's a gift. He says, but he laid hands on them. They were baptized in the Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues. Me, personally, I can't think of anything crazier and a little bit more odd than people speaking in tongues. I, that's just me. I'm like, God, couldn't, isn't there something a little more sophisticated, you know? Maybe, you know, whatever. But this, this is what God says I have for you. Peter, whenever he got out there on the day of Pentecost, he said, This is for your children. This is for you, your children, your children's children, and all who call upon the name of the Lord. It's not just for a certain few. It's not just for the priest or the, 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 the prophets and the, you know, anything else. For the high, what we would call the high-level officials. It's for everybody. It's for you. I want to encourage you to seek after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What if, you know, Jesus made this statement. And this is, uh, why don't you go ahead and stand with me this morning. One of the, the statements that Jesus made that has always stuck with me that has stood out and something I want to be able to say and something that I say is he he said the prince of this world comes but he has no hold on me he, you know there, there's certain times in our lives where the enemy he, he's got us on something it's it's like he's got he's like hey I, I know you're in church and everything but I've got you here don't don't go too far. I'll, I'll begin to bring this up. I'll begin to, to, to bring this to the surface. I'll begin to, you know, this will become a problem. That's what he tries to do. He tries to limit our effectiveness because the enemy has something on us. See, we're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting principality, spiritual wickedness in high places. There's things that are warring against your very soul that you have the opportunity today to let go. See, uh, your, your biggest struggle will always be with yourself. It's never been about somebody else. It's never been about your wife. I know some of y'all, it's hard to believe, but uh, it's always been you. You're the problem. You're, you're the issue. It's not anybody else. It's you. You deal with it with, with you, and everything else will begin to just fall into place. Are you dealing with you? Are you doing these things we talked about? When is the last time you fasted? You say, well, do we really need to fast? Jesus needed to fast. You better than Jesus? You say, I I can't go without food. Trust me, you can go without food. You can go without, you can do a partial fast. You can do whatever you need to do. When is the last time you set aside and and really prayed to God? You really sought after him and you said, God, I'm going to lay it all on the line. Who are you accountable to? Who who knows you? Because what I found, the Bible says, I want to say it's in in the book of James. He says, confess your sins one to another, turn and be healed. I don't like to admit my shortcomings. I don't like to say, man, this is an issue for me. But whenever I do, there's a turnaround. Something something gives. The enemy, he loses that hold on my life. and, And I can say the prince of this world comes, but he has no hold on me. He he can't pull my chain anymore. He can't say, you can go that far, but then I'm going to pull you back in. What is it in your life that is holding you back? What is it? What is that one thing? I want to encourage you today. We're going to close this service. And uh, I want to ask if if there's anyone here that that's you, that you say, man, I want to be free. Can I tell you, I've been free, and I've been bound, and I like being free much better than I like being bound, but you've got to make a choice. The Bible says, here it is, I I set before you life and death, blessings and curses, and choose life so that you, and not just you, and your children may live. There's certain things that I don't want my children to have to deal with. There's certain things I don't want passed down. There's certain things that I want my family to be completely free from. And you have the opportunity today. I I believe that that for some of you, this will be a day of deliverance. Whenever Saul was confronted by the prophet Samuel, and Samuel said, I I want you to go to the Malachites, and I want you to totally wipe them out. I want you to get rid of them. Don't spare anything, because they had been a, a thorn in Israel's flesh for some time. We all know the story. Saul, he uh, he went and they, and they won in battle, but he spared the king, and he spared you know some of the animals and he spared some of the people. And Samuel confronted him about it and says, "Why, why do I hear the bleeding of sheep? Why, what's going on?" He says, "Well, I, I kept some of it, and that's the way we are. Some of us we try to hang on to to, to certain things. Later on, and uh, I want to say it's in Second Samuel chapter one." Saul was, was in battle and he'd been wounded and this guy came up to him and, and was talking with him and he could tell that Saul was had, had received a wound and he told the guy, he, he says, go ahead and, and put me away, go ahead and, and, and kill me. And the last question that Saul asked him he said is, is, who are you? The guy said back, he says, I am an Amalekite. And there's some of you in here that that you've got some things that you've, you've kind of you've learned to deal with. You've learned to say, well, I, I, this will always be an issue, and so I'll just kind of keep it on the down low. I, I, but God says you got a day of deliverance here today. You might say, well, I, I, I'll get it right. I'll go home and I'll get it right. There's something about being in public that it, it solidifies it. Whenever I got married, you know something? I didn't get married in my living room. It was a small church, so it wasn't a you know, big church or anything. But, but we got married in public. We made it known publicly. And I know that's tough. I remember whenever I got saved, they, I thought that everybody in the world was going to raise their hands to be saved. Nope, I was only one that day. I mean, church was packed, but I was only one that needed Jesus. And uh, so maybe you're here today and you say, man, I, I don't want to come forward. What if God has says this is the day? This is the time that I've chosen. I know that, that I don't look like much. I'm only just over five foot tall. But, but don't, don't worry about me. Don't let me stop you. I believe that God will touch you if you'll come down here. So I, I want to encourage you. I want to pray for you guys today. I, I have prepared as best as I can for this service. I have emptied myself. I have fasted. I have prayed. And I believe there's an anointing here today. That if you want to be free, you can be free. You, you might say, I don't feel nothing. You don't have to feel nothing. But you know. So if that's you today, I just want you to make your way down here. If you've got a friend and, and they need to come down here, come down here with them. I believe that God is going to touch these. The Bible says that, the, that there's, a, there's a courageousness about the righteous. They're as bold as lions. Man, you, you come down here in a service like this, it's a big deal. God honors it. He's looking. He's, he's watching. There, there's certain things that I believe only happen whenever we do it publicly. God says, if, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. But if you acknowledge me, if you say, I, I, need, your, I need your touch, I need the anointing, I need, I need to break some things off. God will move. He will grant that request. And you'll know it. You'll sense something different. I'm going to pray for these guys today. God is going to move in these altars, I'm telling you. Since the Holy Spirit, right now. And if you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, we'll pray for that. You let me know what you need. And I believe God will honor that. You deserve the glory.